In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. We got a special guest today. You know, some people say he'll return specialist. Uh, as a former wide receiver, I would say he is a corner that is very much always in your pocket right nicknamed sweet pea but uh also uh here in north carolina and near south carolina they sometimes get it twisted with usc he's from the real usc university of southern california uh welcome to the cut to a podcast adory jackson i like that i like that appreciate that (laughs) welcome man welcome appreciate y'all having me on this thing man Man, appreciate it I think this is the first time I realized it, and maybe it's just the the camera. You kind of, kind of got the Kendrick Lamar look going on, or does Kendrick look like you? You know, you ain't ain't the first time you heard that. No, I might say he could could be a cousin. He could be my cousin. You know what I'm saying? We probably a little brother just somewhere down that line. Look good, kid, Mad City. I ain't mad at it. Yeah. Nah, fact that that album do go crazy. Good kid, Mad City for sure. Yeah. Well, man, let's get go ahead and get started. Um, we just do do a little icebreakers, man. Dickies or overalls? I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with some Dickies. Yeah, see, that's that. That's that Cali right there. Yeah, I got. I got me two pairs just in the back of the closet, just in case. Never know. Never know when you oh, have to. Yeah, uh, never know. You gotta pull them out. Yeah. Okay. Light. Okay. Yeah. The problem is though, what comes with those Dickies is never a good conversation. Why? Because that's that old Steve <laughs> that's coming out. If I throw on a, first of all, if I throw on some dickies, and I'm and I'm chilling, uh-huh. like it's it's gonna be some shorts. Yeah. But if I throw on some dicky pants, all of a sudden you start hearing records playing. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> get out the way, right? <laughs> if it's that's a car full of us with dickies on, <laughs> and we come to your house, yeah. Button up, buttercup. Easy. It's gonna be a little conversation and a, and a yeah, whole start, bunch. Why they in a low yeah, ride? Your why, why they in a low Get your ride? prayers out the way now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey um, man, what's your favorite color and why? Oh man, my favorite color is red. Um, I don't know. I just grew up just liking red. Yeah, um, that's pretty much my favorite color. Okay. My family members don't like me that my favorite color, but shit, yeah. I just love me some red. All right. All right. Um, since, you know, obviously we'll get into where you're from, but, you know, come from back home, man, I got to I gotta ask you. Um, you got three choices. Raging Waters, Magic Mountain. Uh, you, you're in the league now, so you can, but we're not going to throw out the Disney. Uh, Knoxbury Forum, which three are you going to out of those three choices? I'm going to say Raging Waters. I'm, I'm going to pull up the Raging Waters. Yeah. Um just because I used to see when I was a kid, see it on TV. Not the stuff on TV, like the water parks, you go yeah. to the Disneyland, the excursions, them cruises. Yeah. That was the closest thing I could ever get to. 
to like actually being on the slide and some water, something like that. So that's probably why I would choose it because it, it reminded me that nostalgic of when I used to see that growing up, like yeah. that was the closest thing I can reach. But now it's like, as you're saying, you can attain that now. But I said raging water is probably be the thing that I, uh, I gravitate to. You ain't been lately, huh? Nah, I haven't been since I was young. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't as big as it, it was when we were young. To, right. to It's actually a little bit disappointing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> many, like... Bro, is I I took my kids. I talked it up. I took my kids. They was disappointed. Man, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed. I took um. It was probably like seven, eight. I don't know. Probably about ten years ago. Yeah. And talked it up. Right. We was coming back home. Man, we going to Raging Waters. Man, I'm telling you, man, we got in that thing. I walked in and I was like, "This it? Time to go." I mean, it was literally, it was like, you know how you talk about a big old mansion? Right. Man, it was 16,000 square feet walking that thing. It was about, about 864 square feet, man. I, as soon as I walked in, I was out. <laughs> Dang. But it was it was good. It was, uh, the kids make fun of me till this day. Is it as nice as Raging Waters, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to give you a hard time for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but let's get into it, man. Um you know, tell us where you're from and the place you call your hometown. Uh, so I, I grew up in Illinois, so a place called East St. Louis and, and Belleville. So um, growing up, I stayed in East St. Louis, uh, and then I went to school out in a place called Belleville. So I went to uh, West Haven Elementary School, Central Junior High, then went to a school called Belleville East. Um, mm -hmm. But after school and everything, like I was always in East St. Louis uh, with my, my family, my brothers, hanging out with them. Then when I got into... My sophomore high school, I moved out to California um, and went to Sarah. But I, I feel like East St. Louis is my, my home home. But yeah. then out here in California, is like my home away from home. I tell people like I was born um, in Illinois, but I feel like I was raised because I came out here when I was 15 in, mm. in L.A. And so new, I feel like that was yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say like, you were. I was just that. about to. Say, you literally the living embodiment of the movie The Wood. Only he was from North Carolina. Shameless. Program. That's what I'm saying. So it really, I seen that movie when I first got out here, and then actually living it's like, oh damn, this is this is for real. So, yeah. so um, which one do you rep? You rep LA, I can tell. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I do both. Like, I always go back home, but okay. I mean, you can't you can't beat the weather out this way. Yeah. Um, and everything. Then I went to SC, so I feel like I, I like I said, that was where I was raised, kind of. Like that's mm -hmm. where I, I met all the people that transformed my life from what I knew to get me to where I was. So they helped me and paved the way in a certain in a certain sense. I mean, so li living basically until, you know, young teen, a young teenager, you know, it shaped you. Obviously, you said it shaped you in L.A., but I, I'm imagining Illinois gets some credit because, you, you you know, you never were a finished product. We're never a finished product, really, until, right. you know, until we're in the dirt, right, mm -hmm. ultimately. Right. So we're we're always growing and, and evolving, you know, some of us, not everybody, right? So that's just, that's just how it goes. But how different were the two for you? Because you were at an age... You know, like my, my, my youngest, who's, who will be eight, you know, he, we live here in North Carolina, but mm -hmm. he remembers right now, and each year goes by, he, he remembers less and less, but right now he still, he still remembers Baltimore. He still has that right. part of his life where you can remember, I mean, technically, you're 26, 27 years old, you're you, you technically... You haven't even lived half of your life one or the other. You right. know, a, a lot of your roots, a lot of the things that make you who you are, even with going to SC, even moving to LA, a lot of it was start was right. started in Illinois. Right. So that's why I say, yeah, I feel like LA is my home, away from home. Yeah. But like you said, like growing up, I felt like it taught me how to maneuver and how to. What, L.A. Or, or, or Illinois? In, in Illinois. So I feel yeah. like it made life, like the transition apart a lot easier. So I'm, when I moved out there, I stayed with my sister. So mm -hmm. my parents stayed back home. So I had to go from everything that I was raised, brought up on, learning, you know, your P's and Q's, dotting your I's, crossing your T's, the street smart part. And then when I'm out on my own somewhere else, still trying to have that and remember that. So I feel like it made the transition easier in L.A., like knowing mm -hmm. 
who to mess with, who not to mess with, just being a peak, be behind the scenes and, and seeing and thinking before I even speak a move. So I feel like my, my dad and my older brother really helped me to, I guess, grow up faster. It's, got, it's like crazy, like they didn't know this was gonna happen in my life, but at the mm-hmm. same time, they was preparing me before I even knew this was gonna happen. So when I went out there at 15, it's like, all right, I had a, a, a good understanding of, I don't say life, but knowing, I mean, it can, it can hit you anywhere, any yeah. form, but being able to have an older brother, a dad, I can just call up or whatever it may be. If I feel like I'm in some trouble and need some help with something, they can help me. But saying like, I mean, you know right from wrong. Like we already taught you, you know how, you know what it is and what it ain't. So you can, you can, you can survive out that way. So um, them being able to trust me and think that I was responsible enough and, and ready enough to, to move to LA, um, I feel like that helped me out a lot. You've got a deep relationship with your family. Would you tell us about that bond and its importance? Oh uh, man, I just feel like, you know, I watched them TV shows as a kid and actually seeing it in my household, like my mom and dad there. I got an older brother, older sister, and, um, you know, going to church every Sunday, even if I didn't want to, because <laughs> you're a kid, you want to go hang out, do what you want to do. Like, they tell me, like, all right, you can go out, but you got to wake up in the morning. Or my friends come over, uh, make sure they bring their church clothes. They want to stay the night. They go to church. <laughs> so, it, it, you know what I'm saying? So that's really how it was. And I feel like my mom instilled a lot of, a lot of faith, uh, a lot of uh, a people person, um, being respectable um, and, and treating a, a any person like a human first and going that way. So I feel like just by having both both backgrounds, my mom being from LA, you know what I'm saying? So she taught me a lot of the LA stuff. And my dad being from East St. Louis and then going out to LA and meeting my mom and they coming back to East St. Louis. So I had a little bit of best of both worlds in a sense. And I feel like just seeing them and, and you know, I was the youngest. So I, I was seven years younger than my brother and 14 years younger than my sister. So I technically grew up pretty much like by myself. But that when my older brother was kind of like the father figure too at the same time, even though he's my older brother, uh, making sure I'm with him all the time and keep me right, keep me in line. So uh, I think that's why my, my I'm so tight with my family because I was so young, but I always wanted to hang out with them because I didn't want to hang out with nobody else because that's all I knew. Um, so just as sports growing up, we're trying to hang out with my brother. I'm seven, he's 14, trying to play sports with him. Or if my sister was doing something when she was in college, I'm trying to hang out with the older guys who 18, 19 years old. So, um, just them showing me the ropes and being loving and treating me the way that they treated me. I think that's what made us so close to this day. The old, just that old soul. Yeah. What was your dad like uh, as a father? You know that, and how did he impact uh, you just individually as a you know as a, as a man you are today now? Man, super strict, but. I, What's know, super I, strict though? Give, give, yeah, give us a little. Don't bit. understand that until later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I even give us him, detail like, on super strict. Because he was cool though. Like everybody, you know, I, I had the type of dad where everybody loved my dad. But as a kid, it's my dad. Though. So I'm like, man, <laughs> y'all don't know my dad like I know my dad. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but as I got older, and obviously when I moved away, and it's like, man, all those lessons you taught me at a young age, like I made it to understand it now. But when I'm able to maneuver and do what I got to do, it's like, oh, this is what you meant by that. He saw he'd be like, anything that you've done, I probably did before, so don't think you slick, this, that, and the third. Yeah. Saying, I don't want you to follow the same steps or mistakes that I made. So he let me do what I wanted to do, but at the same time, before I even had to make a decision, it was like, all right, I know the path and which ways it can go and mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. Obviously, you know, being anointed and having the blessings of the Lord be able to protect me at all times, because, you know, like I say, anything can go south at any, any given time. But... I feel like my dad was just an old school dad, like you said, an old soul, and it was on me tough, uh, but he wanted the best for me. So, um, you know, always at all the games, always making sure that he was there for me when I needed, taking me to practices, um, in the backyard with me. Um, like, I, my, if y'all know, like, he barbecues all the time, but that started when I was in Pop Warner. So my first ever Pop Warner season, he'll put the barbecue grill on the back of the truck, and we going to the games away home, and he barbecuing. So I think just him, I want to say living, us living the same dream together. Like obviously, he, didn't, he never forced me to do anything, but it was me forcing him. Like when I wanted to play football, I used to tell him all the time for like six months, and then I finally found out I was serious about it, and he finally put me in the football. So it was never him forcing me; it was always him letting me make my own decisions. And he used to always say, "Well, I was just waiting on you to tell me something." So um, that's how I learned at a young age. Like it's really about what I want to do and how I want to go about it. And he was gonna support me uh, no matter what uh, decision I went with. So with your with your dad, you know, barbecuing, he, I, I, I'm assuming he had a business, right? Mm-hmm. Man, take take us through that, you know, with your dad, 
you know, being a cook and 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 just going through that as a young man, I I I would imagine it did have an impact on you a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I didn't really understand the the sense of it. Like I was with my dad like twenty four seven, so it was from the sense where like we'll go pick up the spices, he make his own spices, so we'll drive all the way to St. Louis, go to this place called Sulo, <laughs> or get all the spices. We go to uh, Restaurant Depot, get all the different stuff that he need for that. Mm. He make his own barbecue sauce, so it was actually me just seeing the ropes and mm. seeing how everything is, is done. And I mean, that's my first person that probably showed me like how to get to it, like how to hustle and, mm. and make money. So seeing his drive and seeing how hard he worked, not just at his regular job, but just trying to serve people. That's that's just what he loved to do, I'm a people person. So I feel like that was one of the things that I gravitated to the most. Like, although I thought he was super strict, man, he was a good dude at heart. And everything that he did was for, for a reason and for a purpose, whether you knew it or not. But then the end of the day, you can see the other people like impacted by and affected by the things and decisions he made. So that barbecue thing was cool because if somebody else's dad wasn't there, like he can be like that father figure, somebody else barbecuing, mm-hmm. making them laugh, joking and stuff like that, and everybody having a good time. So I feel like that was like the the glue. You know, all my teams that we played with, everybody was like family oriented, and uh, I appreciated that. Favorite dish or favorite barbecue? <laughs> I was not gonna <laughs> say oh. Yo, what's, what's, what's your fa- favorite meal? You know, pops can get, pops can get down with. Uh, so he makes he makes turkey legs. Like probably everybody go to turkey leg cut or go to mm-hmm. uh, Disney World get a turkey leg. That's pretty good. Uh, play thing called Moscatelli that he makes. It's kind of like who Zaya, but it's really uh, you said who? Yeah, what what, what was it? I got the turkey leg. Oh, Moscatelli is like a uh, kind of pasta dish. Um, it's like. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but it's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> it's off the chain. Uh, I love his chicken wings. He make riblets, turkey, uh, turkey ribs. I mean, the whole shebang. But anytime he barbecue, growing up, oh, yeah. No, hold on, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I've heard of turkey. I've never had them. I've but never I've had them. turkey. Yeah. We're going to have to get you some. Yeah, I've, heard heard ribs? I've heard it's good. I've like, never had it. Like, when you said it, yeah, yeah. I was like... <laughs> I see your face. I'm like, yeah, he ain't never tapped in with that. I saw it in my peripheral. Look, he slid that up in there. Quill, like, whoa. Yeah. Like, I've heard of it done. I was, never a, had I was dissected a yeah. turkey. Yeah. You know, I was like, I done seen a turkey. <laughs> Turkey's ribs. Yeah, I done seen a turkey. There were some baby backs right there. <laughs> but yeah, he throw anything on the grill, man. That's that's one of the cool things about it. He wouldn't even tell me what it was though. Like yeah. I just hey, try this real quick. I'll try it. Oh, that was probably rabbit. That was deer. That might have been the squirrel. Oh, this some shark. Oh, this alligator. So at the end of the day, I might not know anything. I don't want no squirrel or no shark though. Man, anything can get work on this grill. Nah, right? yeah, I, you know, I don't want that squirrel or <laughs> rabbit though. This thing can work. <laughs> we gonna get you right though. We gonna get you right. Uh, my my tummy ain't taking no <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just say it's chicken. You go, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it do taste like chicken. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I've had duck, but I haven't had rabbit. I've had uh. What's the difference? One of them swim, one of them don't. One got feathers, one got a foot. It's a huge difference in my baby. <laughs> so you you move in, you move out to you move out to L.A. Take us through that transition. You know how'd you how'd you come to the conclusion? To, to to move to LA and 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 the reasons why, uh, man, crazy story. I was um my eighth grade year. I long jumped uh twenty one eleven, and so mm. somebody Dang. was talking. My brother in law was talking to this this coach at uh, Sarah at the time, which the high school I went to, and he mm. was like, "Man, you know, my brother when my freshman year go by, I went twenty three eleven. So my freshman year, he's like, oh, I got it. My little brother jumped twenty three eleven. And um, the high school coach was like, no, nah, you lying. Maybe 20 feet, three inches or 20 feet, 11 yeah. inches, not no clinker 11. And he was like, all right, let me meet the kid. And I grew up a huge SC fan. And so my my uh, brother-in-law was like, yeah, let's go to this SC camp. So I'm like, all right, that ain't nothing. Like, I'll go to the SC camp. That's cool. So I go out there. I perform. And he's asking me where I was from. I'm like, oh, I'm from, um, I'm from Illinois. And the, the guy, his name Coach Biggs, uh, that trains me still to this day, uh, was my long jump coach in high school. And he um, – you know, took me to Sarah. I was like, yeah, let's go, you know, walk around, see all this and think about transferring. In my mind, I'm like, I'm not coming out here. Like, my parents stay back home. This don't even mm-hmm. make sense. But, you know, I'm just good sport, following yeah. through. Like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Um, this was in June. A month go by. I go back home. 
I'm actually at um, my football camp at the high school that I'm supposed to be attending, um, getting ready. We just had camp. They called my dad at the school. and was like, yeah, your son's supposed to transfer. Um, so I just remember him, my dad. I remember like yesterday, my dad voice called me, said my full name. I said, oh, damn, I must be in trouble. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'm laying down like on my bed and I hear him call my name. I'm like, damn, I ain't even do nothing. I was trying to think like, did I do anything? You're going through your mind like, what did I do? Or I'm what on, did he I'm find like, out? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I just had football camp. I'm like, we ain't do nothing crazy up there. So I'm like, all right, I walk in there. He's like, hey, uh, why is these people calling me? That's the first thing. I'm like, why is these people calling? I'm like, I don't know who calling you. He said, no, nah, the school said you're supposed to transfer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I visited there. But I mean, I didn't think I was going to go because we stay out here. Like, there's no way that we're going to all move and go out there. And he said, okay, I'll think about it. I thought that was it. And then, uh, three days later, he just told me, like, all right, pack your bags. You're going to stay with your sister. So I remember the, like the first night I got out there, like I was that was the first time I was like homesick, being away from my family for real. Mm-hmm. Like knowing I'll go back home, like I can spend a night or go somewhere. I'm coming back home. It was the first time that I was there, so I stayed up all night. And um, I ain't gonna lie, I hated it. Like, like it was, I felt like it was the worst thing ever. I called my mom, my dad, so I'm like, man, I'm ready to come home. Uh, and they're like, nah, just stick it out, you know, go through it. And I think that's what made college so easier as well, because I was already gone from home when I was mm-hmm. 15. Um, but yeah, my first nights there, my first couple weeks, hated it. Um, but meeting the guys the way I did, it's kind of like, you know, the movie, The Wood, like they took me out of their arms and was like trying to show me the ropes, like big brothers and, mm-hmm. um, help me out and maneuver to different things and something like, oh, this is what you can do in LA. This is what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember I had my, um, being in East St. Louis, we were in St. Louis, the uh, mm. Cardinals hat. <laughs> so they tell him, uh, it's just like that scene. They said, nah, you can't wear that. I'm like, nah, that's where I'm from, though. They said, nah, it don't matter. Like, just don't wear that hat. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that, that. Um, So, yeah, they actually was cool. And I think that's what made me being in, enjoying California more than I actually um, did at first. I love cut to it and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at cut to it on Instagram. What about Twitter? At cut to it. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at cut to it podcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, yeah. I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Tell me if this story is correct. Uh, Juju owe you a lot. I believe y'all came in and y'all were at USC together. Juju was actually a, a, a DB hmm. in, uh, in, in coming out of high school. And uh, I, re- I heard the story that he realized that he wasn't going to get any run uh, and switched to wide receiver. Now, I, I <laughs> you, you out there now. To, you out there. He wanted to play both. I think yeah. he wanted to play both. But at the time, we had Sewell Cravens, a dog. Yes. 
And we had uh, 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 a guy named Leon McQuay and yep. then a dude named Quentin. Uh, Quentin. Yep. Um, and uh, he, he did it both right away, like both sides. And then one day he just told me, like, nah, bro, I'm just about to play receiver. And at that time, I'm like, dang, I thought we came in to play both. I yeah. understand. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to play receiver. So I'm like, all right. But he started off at safety. But I think the receiver room was so thin. Thin. Exactly. Yeah, thin. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Stayed, I don't want to say given, but so yeah. thin. And um, I feel like he should have played safety, though. I think it was a good move. I loved him at safety. First time I ever seen him play safety was after we played him in high school. They was, they was sorry, like one and three. <laughs> they moved him to safety. He took them all the way to the – State championship. Like, yeah. That's how he shifted him. Though. I, I thought he was a good safety. Kind of reminded me how Marquise Lee was when he played safety only and then went to receiver and then took off at SC. And I felt like he 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 did it right, like you said. But I wish yeah. he would have played safety at least. Got a little film, knocked somebody's chin strap mm. off. Mm. He, Juju? Juju. Oh. He had that he had that rugby background. He was he he you know, he had that rugby background. Juju? Juju. Oh, okay. Just check. <laughs> <laughs> you can, get, you know, I'm not buying, but you can try to keep selling me if you want to. Yeah, I, I, I thought. I mean, in high school, he was, you know. He was yeah, talking. I mean, you know, when you know, when you going against your brothers, and you know, we, you know, you know, but I, I don't, I don't see. You know how it is on that edge. Sometimes yeah. you gotta, you gotta make a business decision. Receivers make a lot of business decisions very quickly. <laughs> So, so what was it about USC? I know you said you were a fan, but what was it about USC that made you say yes, that, that you wanted to uh, play college football there? Um, there's really the only school that told me that I let me play offense and okay. run track. Like, I'll never forget, like, LSU came out. They came probably like a month before signing day. And I'm talking to the coaches. Like, I really want to go to LSU. I'm like, all right, this might be it. Um, I get to them, and they say, uh, a month before, like, oh, you can play offense, but we'll give you one play a game. And I said, all right, well, the ball might not even come to me. So I was like, I'm like, all right, that's out. And then the Florida thing was I was going to go to Florida, try to leave. I really tried to leave high school early. Now you can ask anybody. Try to leave high school early, try to graduate early um, and go to Florida. They wouldn't, like, the school didn't allow it. And I remember somebody telling me, like, yeah, man, the Florida coaches might not even be there. Um, mm. they, yeah, they, they might be gone. I'm thinking, like, Nah, that ain't it. They 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 probably still be there. I get to SC four game in the season. They out. Yeah, they were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the coach, uh, much champ, and everybody get fired. Mm-hmm. And then SC thing was I was uh everybody you talk about the the connections, the relations, and everything like that. But one of my um, my best friends who when I first got to SC, I mean I first got to Sarah, like really was was cool, genuine, a good dude. Didn't show no hate, showed all love. Um. And he's supposed to go to some school, but you know, with the, the recruiting and everything, mm-hmm. if you don't commit, then they gonna take it off or they pull yeah. it. And uh, I just remember, like, all right, I wanted to go to Florida. I'm like, I don't want him to have to do what I did because I know I was homesick going from Illinois to LA. Like, man, you could come to Florida with me, but that ain't the move. Um, so I'm like, man, we can go to SC because uh, that was probably the only other school that I was thinking about and growing up and loving them. And I feel like they showed the most love and was persistent and always seeing me consistent, even though they're down the street, but. It was pretty much there every every week or twice a week, uh, just coming to kick it. And um, I think that was one of the selling points. Let me play offense, let me play defense, run track full time. Mm. And, you know, let my dog from the school with me. Um, and then everybody from my high school went there anyway. So we had Jalen Green, Elijah Tucker, um, John Houston, uh, Deontay Burnett, um, me, um, and dude named Jalen Jones. So we had like six people just mm. – in like a two-year span, I'll go to SC, and I felt like that just made sense to be at. It felt like at, at home. What What's the atmosphere mm-hmm. at U, USC? You know, I, growing up in LA and seeing SC, but also, you know, I went to uh, I went to Uni High School, so I was always on the campus at UCLA, right? Mm-hmm. It was just convenient, and seeing how the campus at UCLA is. What's the difference at USC? Um, that that's one of those things when you go back or or the nostalgia of USC that is still there. Um, uh, I remember seeing USC when it was the the old at USC before yeah. the new John McCain. Like I remember Heritage Halls walking down the spiral tunnels, yeah. seeing everything and feeling that that that's my first memory of it. Like uh, this is where Reggie Lindell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he uh Palmer and all these these dudes went and I'm like damn okay it's fire and then seeing the new upgraded version and then being a huge Marquise Lee fan um seeing him play when I went to Sarah I'm like damn that show me his highlights I'm like oh, he fire and then seeing him at USC and win the blender call so I think those things were what made it so real like I'm mm -hmm. I'm watching not see I'm seeing somebody's footsteps doing what I was trying to do and doing that at a high level. So I'm watching Marquise Lee this whole time, like, all right, he did this, like, then I could do that. Let me try to do it like this. Or or seeing, you know, the legends or everybody before go through it and being successful. And then just having that presence of uh, Robert Woods was there, George mm -hmm. Farmer, and all of them coming in, chopping up with us. Mm -hmm. Or them being so, so highly touted there and having the rest of them, like TJ McDonald, I can talk to him. I can talk to Nikhil Roby, Hayes Pilar. And Deion Bailey, I'm like, oh, they showing love, they cool. So I think that's one of my my best memories. Like, I went to UCLA, but I ain't really know nobody as mm -hmm. much as I knew these people there. Um, and they just kept it real, like like uh, like a big brother should. I'm like, I, yeah, you can do this, little bro, but I'm gonna tell you, like, nah, I didn't really like that, like this. But um, SC wasn't really fire until we start winning. Like my first two years, we went to the Holiday Bowl twice. Like people always ask, like, was SC? good or how was it compared to him like it wasn't even good to go into that rose bowl we won like 10 in a row mm -hmm. so before then and she was like right going to regular school like it was i didn't feel like no love no sense of oh you go to usc obviously i mean it's usc but yeah. once we started winning it's like damn you get to see what usc could possibly be yeah when, you, when you're a winning team in la it, i mean they it's the red carpet like mm -hmm. even with college mm -hmm. if, you, if you're winning in college you you was you're a big name, but if you're not, you, you don't yesterday's get to, you, you, man, you don't get news? to cut the line. You, back <laughs> y'all in the back, back, back. Nah, fact, we was in the back. UCLA, <laughs> <laughs> my first year. I'm like, oh, it's like I don't even know what this is about. Yeah. Like UCLA was the was the team around the in 2014. Like that was the guy that had Brett Hundley, mm. uh, Hendricks, uh, Miles Jack. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peyton, all these guys, Ishmael. I'm like, okay, they really was them. And then I mean, obviously we turned it around, but at one point UCLA was really running the town like that, and it was it sucked, but because they got one win. Yeah, <laughs> you've moved almost like a military kid, right. right? And now you know you get you 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 get drafted by the Tennessee Titans, mm -hmm. then you become a free agent and you go to New York. Man, tell us about the transition just from SC to be drafted, and then you know going into free agency, just that that whirlwind of highs and lows, peaks and valleys, in such a you know short career uh, so right. far. I think the 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 real my I really got tested with adversity after my my rookie season because everybody on the staff got fired. And that was the first time where I had to you know you go to high college or oh, the coach get fired, they bring in a new staff, he bring in his guys. Yeah. When it happened to SC, Helton took over and Helton was the one who recruited me when, yeah. you know, all the way through. So I never got used to it. And I never forget, I went to Houston on a team visit and we sit down for about like an hour. So I'm talking up, watching film, chopping, chopping it. And at the end they say, yeah, do you remember all our names? I'm like, I just remember head coach, yeah. the coach, my DB coach, the DC, and the return, you know, the special teams coach. And, um, Bray will get there, and at the end of the day, I mean, it's like I had to get used to him and what he wanted and the type mm -hmm. of player he wanted, the type of style he wanted. And as, a, as that being my first time trying to get used to it, uh, it we didn't jail. Like, it didn't mess right. Like, my mm -hmm. play didn't work, and the way he was coaching just didn't work for me. Correct, and, yeah. Um, so um, my, my, my third year, I played a lot better because I got more of a, a, a fucking mentality. Like, all right, man, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, you understand in, in that sense. Then the last, the fourth year, I ended up being hurt. Yeah. Um, so I think, like you said, the highs and lows, man. I didn't went through it, battled it. Um, but but like, what what do you mean? Just just go a little deeper though, because I don't think people really understand. Like most fans don't really understand, right? They don't look at football as a business, right? They yeah. look at it at a business when a guy leaves for more money or a guy requests a yeah. trade. But as far as the day to day, you saying it didn't mesh, and not going to graphic details no, or sure. details in, in in a negative way. But I'm just talking about details of your mentality of when you say it doesn't mesh. You getting paid your first round draft pick. Yeah, what right? doesn't mesh? You know, yeah. you getting paid. The fan will say you getting a couple of million dollars a year. Right. 
how doesn't how does that mm-hmm. not mesh? Mm-hmm. Right? You got that direct deposit 17 weeks, <laughs> you know, two, 225, 220, or you know, 115,000 after taxes. Like a lot of people are gonna say, man, that it, that that'll mesh for me. And and, and to yeah, yeah. take it a step further, why, why does meshing matter? Would be some why um, what someone would ask. Yeah. It matters because it's your mentality. Like like I said, the game is ninety percent mental. Mm. The other is physical. So physically, I can go out there and do what I want to do. Mentally, it's about okay, being coached a certain way, a different scheme, a certain scheme. Now I'm playing a different scheme. Now I got to get used to. Oh man, I always play like this, and he's telling me they, they're telling me, oh you need to do it like this, and not knowing or not. I don't say not knowing, but yeah, it's different. having that muscle memory of always doing something and doing it this way, playing this way, and then getting taught, try to do this way, and then trying to be more in my head about, all right, let me do what they want me to do and be right. Instead of now, I'm like, not playing my game. Mm. So it took me a minute. That's why I said it didn't match. And then the coaching styles of, I mean, that's just probably just how they go. The coaching styles yeah, of professional. They right? they, they didn't, Everybody they didn't coach care. different. They didn't care how you felt about their scheme. You need to do their scheme. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you do your own thing, it's like, all right, if it work, it work. But if it don't, and it don't. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I feel like, man, good. I mean, you're a good coach. Like, smart as hell. Know what you're doing. Yeah. You just got to know how to coach everybody. But at the end of the day, it don't really, it don't really matter. Like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't. It don't. That, that's you know the, that's so, the part that sucks. It doesn't. Yeah. It does oh, not matter. You can have a coach that is a brilliant coach. You can have a coach who's terrible. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. Don't. <laughs> and here's the worst thing you can happen. You can have a bad coach who's winning. Mm. A bad that coach that's good. winning. Yeah. You have no out. When it doesn't go well, it's your fault. Facts. And it it sucks, right? It's like a false negative COVID test. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you 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 positive and you yeah, negative. Right. You don't still making to, this thing happen. You don't have to isolate, but you got a headache yeah. and you got a cough. Yeah. Uh, but you got to isolate. Yeah. Man, which one am I? Right. <laughs> right. Positive or negative? Right. But people don't see the behind the scenes of that. No. Nah, right? I mean, people don't really care. They just look at the oh, outcome. Oh, of course they don't care. I mean, I wouldn't say okay. The outcome is what matters. And right. when the outcome is a dub, then they don't care. It, it's it's <laughs> masked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's masked. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm glad I went through it. Like, even my, when I got released, my agent, I mean, everybody was more mad than me. And I'm like, yeah. man. You was relieved. I was just like, all right, just give me a fresh start. And it was a crazy thing. The only uh, the, the thing that I, you know, he taught us the most is about second chances. And he's like, man, a lot of people don't get second chances. So if you do, make sure you make the most of it. Mm. And, and I say that all the time now. And I mean, I, like, in the day, even though we didn't mesh as a player and coach, Mm-hmm. I mean, but as people, I can resonate with some things he's saying. So at the end of the day, like I said, I can never bash bash him or say anything yeah. bad. But I mean, good dude. I mean, he can coach his tail off and know he's yeah. talking about. He's just different. He, he got a different yeah. personality, right? You know, I, then, I, I'll say it. No. You won't. This is not you saying it. This is not <laughs> Dory Jack saying this. Steve Smith Sr. saying it. Bill Belichick folk. I don't know why. I don't know how. But them dudes come off on their first job. They try to be bail to the T. Mm. And it never works out. Mm. It never works out. Long term, it doesn't work out because they burn so many bridges with players. I was going to ask why you thought that. that. Th- that's what I hear. It just burn. They, they rub players' pulse the wrong way. <laughs> they do. Right? Yeah. There's not a Dory saying it. He's no, not I'm laughing and confirming. Yeah. He's. He is. I'm just saying what I know over my 16 year experience, and now what six years out. So, you know what's that? Uh, mm-hmm. 12, tw- 22 years of experience and hearing the people that are under Bill Belichick learn a great deal. The unfortunate part is they try to attack the attack coach in the same way and it doesn't always work out that way. Do you think they're trying to emulate the person or they just trying to implement or they trying to implement the process like he did? I think I, I think they're trying to implement the wins like Bill Belichick right. and they will do whatever they believe it takes. Cause um uh Coach Josh McDaniels, uh what what I heard how he how what the experience was his first coaching job in in uh in in uh, Denver. 
and how that went down. It's just some interesting things that I've I've heard out of stories, man. Talk, talk about my guy though, uh, uh, Dean Pease, man. Dean Pease will put you out on that island, will he not? <laughs> no. Dean Pease is defense coordinator. He's in Atlanta, and uh, he was in Baltimore. Uh, he was a guy. Uh, he believes. See, that's a Belichick guy too. He believes in you're gonna earn your pay. He's like you could be you could be going against Jerry Rice himself in his heyday. That man is gonna put you on that island mm-hmm. and and hope for you to play. It wants yeah. you to play man to man, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Mm. And that's a as an offensive guy seeing Dean Pease, watching him in practice, watching how he does. He really puts a lot of pressure on DBs, and it's it's tough. So if you don't have, you know, like Odoi says, if you don't have that mental game tightened up, yeah, well, you hell ain't gonna get it on the field with Dean P as a defense coordinator because you you you, you know explain to us what what is it? I know it is. I, I never went into it, but what what is it? Entail being a defender in the National Football League today. Walk us through what that is for you mentally, psychologically. Uh, like you said, earn your pay. Um, as you see, you know, time I just say like the landlord rent due, the rent due every week, and not yeah. just every day, but every week you go out there, you you got to make sure you get your pay uh, and pay it for it. So I feel like the intel of a DB is man, it's an eat or be eaten mentality, right? Mm. Like, like when you came in, you're trying to disrespect. And at the same time, we're not trying to get disrespected. We're trying to disrespect as well. Mm. So it's like it's a battle. It's the game within the game. Like, obviously, you know, even they don't throw your way. You mm-hmm. you, you break me off on the route, they don't throw my way. You talking like, shit. yeah, and if you threw it, I'd have got you. And at the yeah. same time, I'm locking you up. Like, all right, you, you know I'm here. So it's like the same time we got that. You know what I'm saying? Like, worst, worst. You know I'm here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like you just you just battling the game within the yeah. game, and I feel like just always being on your p's and q's at any given moment. You never know. I mean, the read can be to to the uh, you know the third receiver. Yeah, or that's that's tipped up. Oh, okay. Who the first person to look to? You could stay right side, or if mm-hmm. all the rocks is coming to the right, and you the backside, he runs something. You got to make sure you're on it because you just never know what may happen. So I feel like the intel just a a dog a dog you dog mentality. Like you either eat or you gonna get eaten up. Good do it. Good do it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. I'm not going to ask you what's the toughest receiver, but who are some corners? That you watch today, right? We know Dory Jackson. We know who you are. But who are some corners? As you evaluate yourself, you also feel like you can borrow some knowledge from, or some some footwork, or some techniques, or a little bit of a uh, uh, slingshotting, right? Yeah. 
So my, my favorite one really is uh Barrett um out in um with the 49ers. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh when I seen him at TCU. Um that was the first time. I was actually at an Oklahoma visit. Mm. And he the only he grabbed it like I looked at him like, oh he he going stupid at TCU. Like, it was a little TCU and it ended up being Jason Rett. So I've been following him ever since I was going into college, man, seeing him in the in the league. What what is it about his game though? Yeah, what man, um, you know, good feet, patient. Hmm. Feel like he's super smooth, comfortable out there. You can just see the confidence in him when he plays, and even when he battled through injuries and be able to come yeah. back, man, you just see the dog in him. Like this is what he do, and he built for it. So I feel like he's one of them that I, I really uh, like a lot. Uh, I like Jair Alexander. He got game. Uh, yeah. Like Marshawn, we came out together. Marlon Humphreys. A lot of them, really much my class that I watch. You got Jalen Ramsey, um, Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's probably four. That's five right now. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, that's five. I'm gonna stick with them five. And most of them kind of like my stature. Besides, um, you know, Ramsey, you know, long corner, but yeah. um, or Marshawn. But you got Jair. Um, you got Barrett. Uh, Tre'Davious White. I like him too. I'm gonna just throw some more in there. Uh, yeah, I like his game. You gave out a lot of flowers, man. But even right now, you're being looked at as a leader on your squad and in that secondary room. Now that you're looked at as being a leader, what do you consider your leadership style? Uh, I feel like kind of much leading by example. But mm-hmm. also, if they need any questions or anything, because like I said, I've only been in the league six years, but been through a lot, you know, seeing the different changes. And, you know, just coming to New York last year, having one set of uh, a staff and then now getting a whole different one. Like I'm able to be like, okay, I've been through this. Like you either can go about this the right way or the wrong way. Um, and you can actually change your narrative. Like, you know, JB, uh, James Bradbury, you know, another one that I, I respect this game. She said, YCYA. He said, you choose your own attitude. And at the end of the day, um, that makes sense. Like you can come in and, you know, be butthurt about the situation at hand. That it's a new staff. These coaches don't do this. These coaches don't do that. Or you can come in and work your tail off. And, you know, things going to pay off. So um, that's how I pretty much try to go about it. You know, stay positive. I understand you just don't say don't care. But then they beat you. Because if you be you, that's going to take you a long way. And if you're being you and things don't work out, I mean, you can't you can't fault that. I mean, that's just how things go. But if you're trying to be somebody else and don't go your way, now you got regrets. Like, oh, I should have did this. So uh, just lead by example and just try to be that that positive, you know, affirmation for the guys. What are some things you're excited about? With the new coaching staff, obviously, with uh, you know, with the defense coordinator, um, with 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 uh, Wing Martindale. Man, like you said, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of pressure on the DBs. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's what you really want. Um, yeah. It's to test you and how you're gonna come out there and handle it. So um, I feel like um, that's what I'm most excited about. You know, see the things that he can do. Um, you know. Obviously, seeing his work in Baltimore, but yeah. to be able to have it here and actually play, um, um, play it is uh, it's, it's exciting. Uh, mm. You have fun, and then you know you got Dave's, um, and and they talk so much trash, but you need that. It, it yeah. takes the edge off. You're going somebody super serious now. You on eggshell, but they them, and I love yeah. that about it. Yeah, you got a coaching staff that's uh, not prideful in a negative way, but they're prideful. They also been around the league a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all been waiting for their opportunities, mm-hmm. and you know, to some degree, it, it, it is going to be uh, a little bit of a challenge for the New York Giants this year because of you know, obviously, the quarterback situation. Um, not because I don't, I don't believe Daniel Jones can't play. Um, I think Daniel Jones right now. This is the first time saying it, you know, and obviously. Um, I was up in New York and had opportunity to be there for a couple of days. Um, the one interesting thing that I really felt out of Daniel Jones, um, I think is concerning, is um, is seeing a young man who has the opportunity to play, but seeing a little bit of how, uh, and these are my words, not, not his, but, um, you know, every coaching staff is different. And every good and bad habit that each of those coaching staffs have, it 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 it's it leaves you know it's like spaghetti. When you eat spaghetti and you got a white shirt on, it will leave a, leave a stain. And you can use that spot remover, but you're not really sure 
how much of the stain is going to come off, right? And I think with with Joe Judd, and this is me, I think Joe, in my opinion, he left a stain on 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 uh, Daniel, right? And it's it's going to be tough. Like that team, y'all had so many good players. Uh, y'all had some y'all had some injuries, but then y'all had some players that probably shouldn't have been on the team, right? And and trying to figure out who you know who should stay, who should go, and then you got a, a coaching staff who wants to win, um, who's used to winning. They come from Buffalo, come from Baltimore, you know, a lot of those guys, ten plus years of winning, mm-hmm. right? And then Dayball was you know was in New England and and, and a lot of different places, so he understands it. Man, what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys are going to face just heading into the season because of knowing, one, the division you're in, the NFC East? It's a tough division. Right. Right? And then, obviously, having to combat some of the, the setbacks that you guys had from the previous coaching staff. It's just That's just facts. Mm-hmm. Right? What are you optimistic about? And then what are you kind of like, hmm, you know, just kind of waiting to see how things uh, shape up? I think both of them are, you can put them in the same category. It's about how committed, you know, as individuals we want to be, how great we want to be, how far we want to go. I mean, we can, everybody can say it at the end of the day. It's about like, all right, when we come back July 26th, um, we talk about the means, we had 45 days. Mm. What you what you did in these forty five days is showed me that you really want it and that you you really you really bought it. So that's really the most interesting part about this whole this whole journey. Um, you know, everybody obviously we got a couple of weeks ahead because we yeah. had to come in early. But at the end of the day, it's how do you take what we didn't build up and try to improve on. And I think um, that's just being. I mean, it's kind of hard because mentally everybody don't know how to to deal with that. Like, yeah. all right, we'll just let go, let loose. You know what I'm saying? Let me just be me, do what got me here. You know, I was fortunate enough to have my, my rookie year. I had Dick LeBeau in St. Towns from Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't had heard all the stories and they used to tell me like, man, they get paid to make plays too. Like, it is what it is. Go out there and do your thing, be you and, and have fun and enjoy it. But like you said, if you got a stain that you so you used to something a certain mm-hmm. way, a certain way, like walking on eggshells when I was, you know, in Tennessee and trying to do everything perfect and do what they wanted. And it's like, it took me a minute to get that fresh air. Like, man, let me just relax and just, and just beat me and go back to having fun. Yeah. So it, it may take a minute. And it took me what three until I left, till I left. Cause it's something new, something fresh. And I was like, all right, I can do what I want yeah. and beat me. So I feel like we just need to have that mentality of resetting. And I yeah. think that's the most exciting part about it. Just resetting and, and coming together. What and, is an off season? What does an off-season training look like for, you know, I, I don't know what a DB does in, off, in the off-season, so, you know, you're you going to teach me something. Running. we got to cover y'all all day. That's what do you mean? Just like just running track? Running around. Like, like what? Like what? Like, you, know, we can, you can do football specifics. Obviously, that's, that's a lot of yeah. um, being in the weight room, but most of it is about being conditioned. But at mm. the end of the day, you can run a slant. A quarterback in the pocket, it don't happen. You can still run across the field or you yeah. can take it up or right, whatever it may be. Or you run a go ball, they don't throw it to you. You come out on the sideline and who got to <laughs> come back and line up the next play. So as a DB, it's like you got to make sure that you really condition and have the, not the just physical capacity, but mentally mm. staying aware, staying in tune of what's going on. And like I said, breathing and reset and like, all right, it's the next play, next play mentality. So even when I'm I'm working out, um, doing drills, lifting, whatever it may be, I may did I may did a good bench rep on this rep, or I may did a good, you know, back foot break, caught the ball on this one. But now it's like, all right, it's the next one. But just because I did the last one good, don't mean the next one gonna be good. And once you get fatigued mentally, you still gotta be there and make sure you still, you know, on your P's and Q's. So I think that's really what goes into the offseason, uh, being super conditioned and make sure you're in shape because at the end of the day, you know, zone turning a man. Yeah. At a certain point, you can you think it's zone, but somebody in your zone, you might as well just take them. Or you play a man, you might have to take them across the field. So it's just about understanding the game within the game. See, you do need to bench. He mentioned, he mentioned, he want to look out for his bench press. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had this conversation a, a, a few times about why 
mechanically do you need as a football player the bench press? And I'm with you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just messing with you. No, nah, I know. Because I, 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 I totally agree. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> yeah. That means that bench only going to help you so long. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really only the, the, the first one yard. Because after that, you can't touch it no more. <laughs> exactly. If you, if you, if you miss. What I'm saying that's a hey, little bit mechanical I when you're jamming at the line. After that, that's it. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's literally it. I, I concur. Yeah. That's Man. it, or the shock is dead. That's the best way in the block. You know, <laughs> to to extend off Smitty's question that he just asked, though, how do you feel like you are evolving as a football player? I mean, That's you, a great you, question. You take the offseason, but how do you feel like you're evolving as a football player? And on top of that, how do you feel like you're evolving as a person? Uh, I feel like having Jerome Henderson my first year in, in New York and him coming back, man, it helped me out a lot. Uh, that was really one of the things that I, I probably vocalized, um, making sure that he was able to, to come back. Who's, who's so, Jerome uh, Henderson? Uh, a DB coach. Yeah, okay. Uh, Just making it for some people don't, you know, right, some, right, right, right. some people not sure. Yeah, so Jerome Henderson, our DB coach, and he he taught me a lot my first year uh, about, you know, splits, alignments, you know, mm. reading things, understanding different routes, looking um, looking at the formation and, and different things in that sense. So um, I feel like obviously it's your first time learning. So it's like, okay, you do it, but you don't do it all the time. And then having yeah. another year around, like, okay, that's more repetition. And uh, to be able to have him back is, you know, I'm like a reliever. Because I mean, we could have brought another deep ocean, but in the day, he probably would have taught me something super different. Mm. Obviously, I can reach out to Rome, but it's not, you know, you got that analogy out of sight, out of mind. It's like, yeah. Right, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm here locked in. And when I can ask him something every day, I might not, you know, you think about texting somebody, you might not do it. So I think as a player, that's how I'm evolving. Um, just being able to talk to um, Rome every day, get different information, um, be able to help me out. And him really just, being on me tough, like I'm still a rookie, and I can appreciate that the most um, about mm. um, And then as a person, um, you know, just trying to be in the moment, be present, you know, being, you know, down and out, you know, being hurt and, and not doing what I wanted to do when I yeah. first came in and not saying what was me, but kept it to myself, not really expressing it. But I feel like being able to, to express and let that energy go mm. and to be able to focus and, and get back to what's – what's really important and what I really love to do which is playing ball. So uh, I think that's how I've been, you know, evolving uh, most as a person and just, you know, thankful for the blessing that I do have. Like I was mad that I had messed my knee up, but, you know, I can still mm. see, I can still talk, I can still do all these other different things. I was so focused on one thing that I wasn't really seeing the bigger picture. So, um, yeah, you look at the bigger picture, you miss the little things and, and vice versa. So um, just trying to stay in that moment. Man, you you get rid of you, you go ahead and put Tennessee, right? Being a Tennessee Titan in your rear view mirror, you don't have to cover AJ Brown anymore. And then now, you know he he right back out there. You know, I, I, going against AJ in practice a little yeah. bit, and then now having to see him twice a year. Uh, you know, being former teammates, but also just being a DB. Right. You know, I, I I know something possibly went through your mind when you saw that big uh, big acquisition made by the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not gonna lie, I was happy for him. Yeah, uh, I was I was generally you know happy. Man, God would deserve. Man, works his tail off. Yeah, all got to the catch. Um, and you know, I see him in the division now. It's like okay, it's, it's I don't want to say it wasn't exciting, but it's it, it's exciting because. Um, it's just another challenge, another yeah. task at hand. Um, and that's pretty much, I want to say, I, I'm, I am saying, that's what you want. I know as a DB, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, challenges. Like, that's yeah. that's what you like, want. Like, you're not, you, you're saying a challenge. You give, yeah. you, you calling it what it is. It, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. ain't a, so, a cakewalk. <laughs> it ain't, no, like, fact, you ain't like, right. yes, he's sorry. Yeah. Bring him on. You're saying, hey, it's a challenge. You know, yeah. because you've practiced against him, you win against him, right. and you also know what you bring to the table. So, Right. It's two two heavyweights. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear. No, nah, for sure. And it's just cool because, like I said, the division is tough, and yeah. that just makes it. It just it just makes it a a, a journey, and yeah. one that I'm looking forward to be able to to tell and see how it play out. You know, that's what you said. What you're looking forward to the most, you know, about the season is going to be about the journey and mm. how we handle, you know, the different circumstances that we that we come across. So, um, but now nah, seeing them get to 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 Philly. Um, the one I was heard about was when JB left and <laughs> went to Philly. Yeah. That's when I'm like, damn, all right, because that's my dog, man. I you know, I appreciate him a lot, but at the end of the day, happy for him to get what he, you know, yeah. get what he deserves. So. Man, he didn't he didn't get a lot of 
you know, he was here in Carolina, and mm-hmm. I just saw saw a young man develop, mm-hmm. you know, and he got better and better. And then he goes out, you know, obviously he goes out to, to uh, New York. To New York. And that doesn't work out because of uh, the brilliance of the former general manager kind of put you guys in, in, in a quandary and you had to make some financial decisions, whether people like it or disagree. You mm-hmm. know, um, he's a guy that really didn't get a lot of credit. He's a hell of a DB, mm-hmm. right? He does not PBUs. Technique. Uh, Technique, just he he, and I I really believe a lot of it has to do with because he's such a quiet, he's like a quiet kid, silent assassin. But man, he was here in Carolina, and then we moved on. Man, hell of a player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Lunchfield, bring him Lunchfield, hard had to work type guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great summation. That that is yeah. that is. <laughs> one, one more question for you. Um, mm. In our research, you're really passionate about being the hometown hero. Mm. Why is that? Um, man, I left when I was 15. And, you know, that was my really, that's really my, my biggest, like everybody say, yo, why? And my mm. motivation was, I ain't want to go back home and people be like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really yeah. resonated with me. Like, I went, they sent me to LA, 15. Every day, I, I wanted to make sure I made everybody back home proud. Mm. You know, even though some people hated it or talked yeah. so much crazy stuff about it, but it made that much more sweeter and that much more motivated to make sure I showed them like it wasn't just because I was here I could do this anywhere and mm-hmm. I just wanted to put on a bigger stage and then let everybody know like sky's back home like it's we really got dogs and all the people you know they just go to different cities or, or yeah. the ones that's the most attractive but it's like okay I wanted to be the, the staple like all right this is what it is I mean we had Darius Miles to come out of there um but like like uh Terry Beckner um, mm-hmm. Jeff Thomas, but you like, talking about all the guys that came out of your hometown, mm-hmm. St. Louis. But it's like yeah. I wanted to make sure that they can go back and, and get more and understand mm-hmm. like a lot of talent there, and just to bring awareness to the city. So I think that's really why I, I, I grew up trying to be a hometown hero. And just being back home, everybody showing love to my dad. Like that's dope. Going to the city and and knowing who he is and showing him dummy love, or I can be out somewhere and they, oh, you must be, you know, Chris on and. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I wanted to do. Like, if I ever left and I come back, I'll make sure I got the same love and mm. just trying to pay it forward and make sure the kids, you know, after me or the people that's there and know that, you know, really care about them and that they ain't forgotten. I like that, but you know where you had to come to get come get right, though. <laughs> you know what I tell you all the time? I said, I, you know, <laughs> I tell you every time I say, man, it would have happened, but I don't know the road that it would have went yeah. on. I'm just it messing with you, but it, it, it's, no, it's, it's different true. Different journees for different people. I, yeah. I, I think, I believe, you know, if you would have went at 10, you may not have got that opportunity, but you needed that full development from your folks to be able to right. handle. Because L.A. Mm-hmm. is different, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's not for everybody. Everybody in L.A. don't make it. Mm-hmm. It's from L.A., right? So it, it, it isn't, you know, it isn't. Something like that, but I just, I, I just, I was just teasing, but I also think that's that what you said, your folks, especially. There's one last thing that I, I wrote down: being a people person. Man, growing up, you know, growing up for even for myself, growing up in the South, and then you growing up where you where you grew up, and then coming to L.A. It's a different mentality, man. It's not, you know, the the Southern hospitality, yes, ma'am, you know, no, sir, yes, sir. That's not a staple in L.A. Mm-hmm. And so when you come to L.A. and you're like that, it actually helps break down a little bit of barriers because a lot of folks in L.A., just kind of like in New York, man, they hustling and bustling. They, you know, they sitting on that, in that sitting on that uh, 10 freeway to 405. They ain't got time. Mm-hmm. To be having a conversation, saying yes, sir, no, sir, or thank you, being polite. It's just a, it isn't there. So I, I, I really believe that, you know, God was working that, especially for you to have that purpose because some people go to back home and it's just not the same. You know, mm-hmm. it just chews them up and spit them out. And, mm-hmm. and, and they're never, they're never, they really, they sometimes lose their identity. Facts. So. Man, we'll appreciate your appreciate your time, dog. And uh man, look forward to look forward to seeing uh, watching you make some plays, man. Yes, sir. Best of luck this appreciate season, that, man.
We're gonna get y'all some rabbits, some alligators, and some shark next time y'all <laughs> Look at his face. Look at Steve. Hey, that's it. <laughs> we, now definitely tell Pops to bring us We're gonna get you right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Almost said something. <laughs> I seen your face. That's why I had to let him know. Like, no, nah, I don't even do it. All right, dog. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Y'all stay blessed. All right, All right. you too. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter. With production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.